everybody, and welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhard, and I'm your host. All right. Today's episode is titled, Stop Fighting Grief and Loss. All right. Your fight with grief and loss is what's causing you struggle and strain in your life. Okay. I know this. I have been through, uh, great amounts of grief and loss in my life. I'm not going to, you know, highlight that. Um, but I have become a master of grief and loss. Okay. Yeah. Still, I get hung up sometimes. It's okay. I just readjust. Okay. But I want to talk to you about two different kinds of, of grief and loss. One is latent and the other one is complex. So latent grief is this like, uh, grief and loss. That's like, it's, it's almost hidden. It's almost underground behind the scenes. Uh, we don't really notice it, right? Um, something happens. Maybe it's a, it's not really a big loss. Um, (laughs) the other day, a friend of mine on Facebook, um, posted that, um, she was drinking coffee and from her very favorite coffee mug. And I know the story around the mug and long story short, it slipped out of her hand and it broke on the floor okay, this is a loss. Okay. It's not like losing a loved one or losing your job. I understand that, but this is a loss and life, you know, almost on the daily basis, there are things that we lose like this that are important to us. Right. Uh, I, I know a dear friend the other day we were out to eat and she got an oil stain on her shirt and she can't get it out. She's very sad. Okay. So, so these are little things, but yet we don't process them. We, we numb ourselves. We negate, we avoid our emotions. We say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Right. Or maybe it's something a little bit bigger, you know, like, um, we, we lose a client or, um, you know, we have a a relationship breakup or we even lose maybe a pet and we're just like, yeah, just let's move on. Let's go. Let's, we've got to do this. Right. Um, (laughs) I remember years ago I was giving a a keynote presentation and uh, I was doing a breakout session. It was this whole thing and and I was like it, right? So I was like the star of the show, if you will. Um, And during the whole thing, I knew I was miscarrying. I was losing a baby. And I set it aside because I thought it was professional. Now I could have very easily said, hey, I'm having an issue. Uh, we could have done all kinds of things, right? But my thought was, I need to be a professional and this is what that is, right? I avoided my emotions. I avoided taking care of myself and not just in that moment to, to get the job done, but for weeks. And that's not good, okay? Because this this kind of latent grief, this this grief that's not taken care of, it exhausts your adrenal system and it tears down your immune system, Okay. It, and then, uh, over time, the more of these incidences that you're having that you're not processing, uh, the, the longer it takes to release any grief or stress or, or even just high expectations. So it's kind of like there's a buildup in your system and the more that you resist the grieving and the loss and taking care of that, noticing your emotions, the harder it is to do the next time. Um, so this is how you can get to the point, like I did several years ago where, you know, my neighbor's cat died, which I didn't really like anyway, totally lost my marbles for days because it wasn't about the cat. It was finally about all of these other griefs that I needed to process 
and the cat was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. But this latent grief and loss also leads to you to what I call a slave to polarity. So that means the, the extremes of life and also needing to control. So one of those extremes is seeing someone as all bad or all good. And so if, if someone cuts you off in traffic, that's like the worst known person possible in humanity, right? That would be an extreme. Okay. Um, and so in that, uh, extreme, you try to have control and it doesn't usually end up well for you. Okay. You also never feel satisfied. So you could be having, you know, whatever it is that you say you want to experience in life, that thing could be happening and you don't feel satisfied. You don't feel a sense of peace because you've got this latent grief in the background. You can have a great conversation with someone or go to a party or enjoy a family event and you're just numb to the whole thing because you've got stuff that needs to be taken care of. And, um, you know, the thing uh, that you need to know is when you resist this kind of discomfort, it persists. It will come back. Um, and sometimes in order to not experience that discomfort will create addictions. And, it, and an addiction is anything that keeps you from experiencing your emotions or yourself. Anything. Okay. Doesn't have to be drugs. Doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be TV. It can be chocolate. It can be shopping. It can be hanging out with your friends. Right. Anything that keeps you from confronting yourself. And this latent grief really turns into what we call complex grief. The complex grief is where it's no longer hiding in the background, but it's like showing up in a big way. And it's usually having um, an outward expression. So other people are becoming involved now. Okay. Um, you can be in a place of despair and rage, rage that turns into outrage right? So uh, an active form of this complex grief is where you actually go out and you start to like argue with people, you attack, you defend, um, you hurt people, sometimes unknowingly. Um, sometimes you, you know you're doing it, but you don't know why and you don't know how to stop, right? That's outrage. You're getting your rage out onto other people. It can also be um, a, a sense of helplessness. So something is happening and you just feel helpless, uh, you, you just continue to reject the grief. Okay. And the result is, you know, you, you end up kind of creating these stories in your head. You, you end up with complex questions and what I call thought prisons. Okay. So the, the thoughts that come to you, these questions are like, who is to blame? So you haven't taken care of this latent grief over time. It's built up. Something comes to the, to the forefront. And really it, it could be something very simple, like the neighbor's cat dying, who you, you didn't really know anyway. Um, but, you know, that can happen. And you start to ask yourself, who is to blame for this situation, right? Because you're trying to get a sense of control. Um, there's also the I could have, I should have. Right. Um, so that's going into the judgment. Um, also maybe if blank didn't happen, right. So we start to argue with reality. Well, I know this thing happened, but maybe if, if blank hadn't happened, that wouldn't have happened. Right. Or if only such and such, 
And one of the worst ones that I think can happen is, you know, experiencing something and you're in that complex grief and you, you internalize that as a self image of like, I am a broken person. There's something wrong with me because this thing happened. Okay. These are thought prisons that show up when you're in complex grief. And yes, some people say it's, it's a normal part of the grieving process, you know, that, you have some, some blame and you have anger and you have bargaining and those kinds of things, which yes, I, I get that. But your complex grief is made worse because of years of latent grief that you never took care of. Okay. So, um, it leads to, um, you, you, you lose the idea of your self identity right? Uh, it takes away your, your capacity, your ability to handle whatever's in front of you. Your, it, um, it, it leaves you with a sense of powerlessness, right? So any other time you may have capacity, identity, and power to handle that situation, but because your latent grief has now exposed itself in this complex grief, you have, uh, an incapacitation. Okay. Um, there's a uh, complexity that is coming. The complexity is through those thought prisons. It's clouding your vision. And what happens is it prolongs the grief and loss process, which of course is not what anybody wants. Okay. All right, Michelle, what's the fix? Okay. So grief and loss is really very simple. Okay. It's natural. Listen, all you got to do is look at, at creation, at nature. Grief and loss is all around. Beginnings and endings, right? Um, if you look really closely, it's very hard to figure out the beginning and the ending. Right now, here in the, the part of the world that I'm living, I we are in the fall. So so the trees are showing us how beautiful it is to, to lose their leaves, right? But where do you tell the the end of fall and the beginning of winter, I don't know. Where do you tell the beginning of spring and the end of winter? I don't know. Right. It's hard sometimes to tell the beginning and ending. Sure. We can say here, this baby was born at this time. Right. But the baby was in existence before, just in a different form. We can say this person died. And this is the time of death. But yet that person in this, it's, it's real true spiritual energetic form doesn't cease to exist just as body. Right. So we have beginnings and endings. We have creation. We have destruction. It continues to go on and on and on. Okay. Does that make sense? So when we can approach grief and loss and, and realize that when we have a great grief, we had a great love. Okay. So a, a signifier that you're in this, uh, complex grief is, you know, when the neighbor's cat died and you really didn't like the cat anyway, you know, that there's not, I'm having great grief. Right. But yet I didn't have great love for the cat. Oh, because it's about all of these other great loves that I never allowed to kind of pass through that grief process. Okay. Also during grief, that is a beautiful time for connection, for support, for your family, your friends, your tribe, whoever that is, um, your, your connection to source, right? It's the normal time where we stop and we say, huh, you know, let me go to this funeral. Let me go to the celebration of life. Let me pause in my normal everyday activities. And the world accepts that. 
They say, oh my goodness, your, your mom just passed away. Please go take the week off and, you know, do what you need to do. How can we support you? Right? You wouldn't get that otherwise. Um, it's also a time of great gratitude. You know, all of the times that I've stopped at a funeral and just had gratitude for this person, for whatever they could, you know, bring to, to their lifetime. Um, but it's also a time of change because listen, you know, when you lose someone, um, I, I've had a, a ton of people in my life who have lost a child, <laughs> especially, you know, um, when they are in early childhood, middle childhood, even late childhood, teenagers, there are expectations of what you're dealing with with them in life, right? Um, I had a, a dear friend of mine who lost her nine-year-old son um, a few years ago, and it was heart-wrenching. Um, it, there was a freak accident. Uh, it was nobody's fault. It just happened. Um, and as she was going through all of that, you know, she definitely had that that um, grief. But it, the worst grief came uh, at her it was, she, he was an only child and her whole life changed. Her whole lifestyle changed. Everything changed because this child was no longer in the picture. It wasn't just grieving the child. It was grieving the loss of everything. Right? So when we can enter into that and have humility and kindness and compassion for ourselves and gentleness, that that's huge. Okay. Um, so it, it's interesting if you watch children and they have a loss of some sort. Okay. Obviously not talking about the loss of a person, but they have a loss of something like they, uh, you know, someone takes their toy or they fall down and get hurt or, you know, they have to go take a nap, whatever their version of loss is in the moment, they might cry a bit and then they move on. Okay. They don't, they don't stay there. They don't get stuck there. Right. Um, animals are, are, are some good teachers for us. Um, they also go through a grief process, especially, um, there's some beautiful stories out there around whales and orangutans and dolphins and elephants and how they go through the, the grieving process. They do have a process of their own. They don't get stuck in it like we do. Um, elephants actually will, um, you know, if, if the, the bones of their, their ancestors are in a certain place every year, when they go through their migration, they stop and kind of have a, an honoring ceremony, right? So it's their version of coming up on an, on a death anniversary. How can I honor that person? Okay. So our, our, um, <laughs> the term that I'm using lately are elders in peace, so those people who are, um, elders and elders are not just old people. Okay. People who've been on the, on the earth for a while, but elders who are in wisdom and peace and maturity. Okay. So they, they, they know things they're wise. They understand that as time goes on, you're actually going to experience more and more grief and loss. And so they become quicker in their release Okay. And the more that you become spiritually aware, you actually realize you'll never lose anyone ever again. There's always a way to stay connected, but that's a whole nother episode. Okay. 
So your complex thoughts, your questioning, your thought prisons, your avoidance, all of that over natural griefs and losses, extend your grief. So stop fighting, okay? Keep it simple. Be at peace. When you notice you have this loss, when your favorite mug falls on the floor, acknowledge that mug. Accept that this thing is happening, okay? Don't, don't go into, well, I should have done this, and if this hadn't happened, don't go into blaming this person knocked me out, knocked my arm, and I dropped it. No, accept it. Oh, that's so sad, right? Allow the sad feelings. You just had this great connection with this mug severed. Oh, no, right? Be in gratitude for that thing. Um, if you need support, reach out to someone, say, oh, I just dropped my mug. Now, anytime when someone says, oh, you know, they'll, they'll post a picture on social media. I dropped my mug. I got a stain on my shirt. I, you know, all these things, I recognize it for what it is. It's grief. And you know, I, I always have the same standard response. I'll put in parentheses, hugs. That's hard. Nobody wants that. Right. And then honor it. Um, I've, I've had a, um, a favorite mug that I, I dropped and it was a beautiful mug. I love this mug. It was very special to me. Um, and, uh, I set it in a place of honor for a couple of days and I said, okay, now it's time to release this mug. <laughs> okay. So if you need to do that, do that. And, you know, uh, re- repeat the truth to yourself. And the truth is, um, we are all, we're always connected We're always going to love that mug. Yes, it is so sad and it's okay to release it. Okay. So when you befriend grief, it can never be your enemy again. When you become the master of grief, that grief can come and it becomes this beautiful friend in your life that gives lots of different opportunities and gifts to you um, that you know what to do with. Okay. So my, my encouragement for you today is don't avoid your grief. Don't fight it. Okay. You're only harming yourself. And if you need help with this, I promise you, if you join us on our, our, um, working with angel energy course, you're going to learn more about grief because I'm going to bring in lots of stories and examples of my own life, but show you how these angels have been instrumental in helping me work through that and get to a place in my life where you know, I can experience some pretty big griefs and it doesn't take me down like it used to. Okay. So that link is in the description. Feel free to go check that out. See if it's right for you and let me know if you have questions about it. Okay. Awesome. All right. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.